You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field, it is gone! It went, deep right, Batista's going to wave goodbye, start the fireworks show! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 145. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode... The Indians played some inter-squad games, including some flips. Uh, Daniel Johnson, should he be in the outfield? We'll also just talk about the outfield. Uh, the 2020 schedule has been finalized and released. If it'll happen, we'll, we know what it looks like now. And of course, we'll answer your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Going pretty good. It's not too bad. It's, uh, it's a great update. I mean, we got to... <laughs> We got to sort of watch or listen to baseball. I, I don't know why they didn't just broadcast the damn thing. They clearly had cameras pointed at home plate, but we didn't get you to know? watch it because yeah, who it's cares illegal. about us? Yeah, come on. What? what? Well, it's, like, it's not like they're doing this whole thing to make money off people. Come on. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird thing, though, because it was like Lindor did the flip thing. And then they had the replay of the exact camera angle that you'd want to broadcast. One might think that that camera works all the time, but who knows? <laughs> It doesn't magically only function when there's a game on. I don't know. But other teams are doing it. But why not us, Mary? Do they hate us? What do we do? I think it's one of those why things where the, the less you see something, the more you want it. And I think that's what they're trying to pull off here is making it so we just don't actually know. We have ideas. <laughs> and like we get little hints and tastes, you know, but not the actual thing because then we wouldn't want to watch. Because obviously, if there was one thing that baseball fans hate, it's watching baseball in all its forms. <laughs> that is true. It's not what like they I love most is missed... complaining about it, and the least they like is watching it. So, I mean, come on! It's like, do, you, do you really think I'm upset about there being no minor league baseball this year? No, I hate minor league baseball, Matt. I, lo- I, I hate, uh, I hate going to <laughs> I a hate cheap fun. stadium. I hate fun. I hate it all. I hate crab dip pizza. I actually do hate crab dip pizza, but. It's not a thing, is it? That can't be a thing. I again, I will send you this photo. I had it last year at a Bowie Bay Sox game. It was one of the most disturbing, disgusting things I've ever <laughs> eaten, and I will send it to you. I'm going to send it to everyone actually who writes your Let's, let's Go Tribe right now. With no <laughs> message, the Slack. I am. I'm not, I'm not even going to put any message next. It's just it's just going to be that. Oh God. I'm, sorry, Those I just got a Bowie picture. Bay Sox, I, man, they're shady. I don't know what they're uh, what they're putting on pizza over there. There's some tricksy um, types over there. <laughs> but for those inter squad games. Um, it was, I think, the one big highlight, of course. I guess there's two, but the, the, the second one we'll have our own discussion topic on. But the first one is Francisco Lindor. Uh, he homed off Mike Clevenger, who a few days prior to that struck him out twice. But Lindor, as he was... Uh, I, I read that he actually called a shot before that. Like, he was uh, taunting Clevenger before the, the at-bat, even. But well, then he homered, funny. he ran around the bases, and then he flipped in the home plate. Uh, luckily, since the Indians didn't bother broadcasting it, there was a bunch of beat reporters who were already filming it, and they posted it. That was a lot of fun just because, I mean, seeing somebody a front flip in the home plate, which would never happen in a game, it was fun. It's neat to see, like, the kind of attitude players have when they're not worried about some old guy on a radio broadcast telling him to just act like he'd been there before. Yeah, like, yeah. he knows that he's not in danger of upsetting the pitcher because he knows Mike Clevenger. He knows he probably got a kick out of that. And, like, that's actually seeing what Francisco Lindor is like. And it's it's nice that these games – which again, we don't get to see, are actually like we can see their real personalities coming out. Um, even and I also like that is when it happens, it's not actually happening. No, it's all no. just fiction. Um, the other thing I like that when they showed whoever recorded it from the um, the booth when he front flipped, you could hear, "Oh my god!" As he did it, like somebody was worried he'd die. <laughs> 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 that, was my, that was a good part. But 
because it wasn't a clean front flip. I don't know no, what exactly not, he was it, doing. No, it wasn't perfect at all. Here we go. Here's the crab. It, it was Sorry, more of I a mean, front flop than a front flip. There we go. You'll see this horror, this horror oh, show in, in mere moments. Why are you doing uh, yeah, this to our poor Let's more, Go Tribe staff? More of a somersault is what I'd call it, quite honestly. If we were going to sit here and just judge, <laughs> it was a somersault. Let's be honest here. I, I guess. He flopped, though. Is that is a somersault? I guess, yeah. But he also went sideways. A somersault would just be straightforward, right? Through. So more of a I wonder if he got halfway through and then realized that might Kind of a shitty cartwheel, maybe? I don't know. Let's go with shitty was, cartwheel. Yeah. A shitty cartwheel. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, the way. It's, I want to see him do more of that. And I guess also at one point he broke his bat, and then, of course, because there's no crowd, he just yelled fuck really loud and everybody could hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, it's really going to be fun. Yeah. The, yeah, the sensors during this year's games are going to be working overtime. Because even if you pump fake crowd noise in, you can't. You can't overlayer somebody screaming when there's no real noise. Oh, I no. I, I've been watching these Premier League games, and they don't have people in the, in the crowd, but you hear guys going like, fucking cross it! And, you know, they're, they're, they're having uh, they're having crowd noise and stuff like that, but it's just it's just clear as day. God damn it! You know, things like that's great. <laughs> and I, I don't say, want this to sound as... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the Indians sure are giving up a lot of home runs in summer camp, it seems like. Yeah, a little know, bit, and also James Karinczak walked four people, so that was great. Hmm, this is not so perfect. A great start. <laughs> it's summer camp. Who cares? They're just they're just they a bunch of boys having some boys. fun. You know, yeah, it's just summer, it's summer camp. camp. <laughs> um, oh, I was just gonna say that um, it, it's it it was weird seeing a day game in Cleveland and hearing crowd noise. That's like <laughs> the loudest I've ever heard it. <laughs> I thought about posting that; it seemed a little too mean, but. But like seeing the game playing in progressive field in the middle of the day and hearing a roar of a crowd is just not. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's cool chatter. that they're they're pumping in the sound of like yeah. uh, the Jose chants, and I don't know if they're doing the drum or not. I hope so, because it, it's not the same without it. I don't know why they can't just have him come in. <laughs> just him person, in the back. Just him. Yeah, yeah I mean, he wear a mask. He's, he's gonna be six feet there. away. He'll be good. Yeah, yeah he's gonna be. He's, they'll still give him the same seat. Just the last <laughs> yeah. row of bleachers. Just one guy out there. You can't put him anywhere else. Are you kidding? And you can't. You I don't know. know if I mentioned it before, but the one, the first game I went to, I accidentally sat in a seat, and then I had to move. And then I was, I just moved down one because I forgot that the big drum guy sits back there, and he's just drumming behind me constantly. But what a great experience! I'd love to go to a game and just have this, and just just lose all he, low. Frequency hearing for forty eight hours. Boom, boom. That was the one where uh, somebody talked to Mike Trout, and then I'm pretty sure that's where his career took off. Was from that point on, the right field or progressive field is what uh, what got him going. But but yeah, Indescribed games happened. I don't. I'm assuming there's going to be more, but who the hell knows? We don't really know when they're going to be even um, streamed until the last minute. It's such a. I guess I can't blame them completely for it being a clusterfuck because they don't. They didn't know ahead of time what's going on, but. It'd be nice at this point to have some kind of schedule of what we're doing, considering the season starts, what, in a little over a week? Two weeks, I think? Almost 24th, two weeks, yeah. right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I love that the only shots we get are just from the press box, poorly shot. Like, uh, all, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All of it is fantastic. There's that. I mean, we're going to get to it in a minute, but that home run Daniel Johnson hit, and you just hear, you, you hear one guy in the back go, damn, Daniel, and you're like, these old motherfuckers <laughs> are so behind on everything. <laughs> that was four years ago. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we could just talk about him. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I, mean, I don't know why we're just glossing over Yu Chang too, because he's hit like five dingers, yeah, like that. And yeah, he had, a, he had a long one, and Tito said he wasn't sure that 
you take it hit the ball that far. I mean, <laughs> so that was funny. Jose Ramirez hit one way out at one point. Yeah, so you have things like that happen, and then, and then I was reading an article today, and it was just like, are we going to have him play or Christian Arroyo or Mike Freeman? And I'm like, I hate this. I hate these decisions they have to make. Do we want two definitely trash players or one guy who might have upside? It's stupid. And I think <laughs> we got our just... top ten second baseman, and then it's just a whole bunch of who knows behind him. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know what I don't know. I, the, the whole idea of having a utility player not be someone with some kind of upside is a little frustrating, especially when you know, the alternatives are Mike Freeman and some other guy named Christian Arroyo. I'm pretty sure isn't a real person. Still, I have, I have no no firm proof of him being real. Much like uh, Ty Van Berkeley before him, this is a new fake man that they've been created, who's an amalgam of many other individuals, uh, and we get photographs of him from. You know, bad angles and things like that. Did you see that photo I sent you, by the way? I did, Merritt. Thank you. I never want to see it again. It's very I disgusting. Close slack, uh, and I'm never going to open it again. Uh, it's so perfect. I'm just going to post it. It's exactly what you think now. crab dip pizza would look like. It's, imagine, it's gross. Listeners, imagine a piece of pizza, and then just cover it in an inch and a half across the entire thing of crab dip. Not even good <sighs> crab dip. Imitation Is it warm or is it like cold? Yes, it's warm. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Why? It was the strangest thing I've ever ordered. I was imagining... Honestly, what I was imagining was like, if you order like a a buffalo chicken pizza sometimes, like it'll be a piece Mm -hmm. of pizza uh, with the chicken bits on it and then like a little like swirl or ranch dressing on top or something like that. Yeah. I was imagining basically like a crab pizza, right? Like pizza with crab chunks on it. With, I don't know, mayonnaise or something? Whatever the dip part is. <laughs> Not just like slathered with that stuff to use between cement blocks and just like I, lay down there gently. I just had the idea that it's Maryland and Maryland is known for crabs, I guess. I kind of assumed that they would know how to do a good job of this. But no, just, just put it on there. Who gives a shit? These, these rooms will eat anything. Hogs <laughs> are just shoveling it at us. <laughs> you know what else Maryland is known for, Merritt? Tell me. Dingers. I don't know what they are, but Daniel Johnson hit one. Um. He's an outfielder for the Cleveland Indians. He had 19 of those last year, which I was kind of surprised. I forgot about that. But yeah, he came over the trade for Jan Gomes last offseason, obviously. It was a trade that it looked weird at the time, but the more we see it, the more it, it looks good. For, I mean, the, the Nationals won the World Series, so I'm sure they don't care, but it looks good for the Indians because um, Roberto Perez is really good. Dino Johnson's been promising. Jeffrey Rodriguez was pretty good when he came in. Yeah, um, solid. Yeah, but now it's pretty much Daniel Johnson's time, I would think. I'd I'm guilty of definitely overlooking him, thinking about the outfield, just because of how many outfielders there are that. Well, I think he missed some time around too. Like him. So, like we, yeah. we we definitely kind of lost track. Yeah, and that, that, that's what happens with with um with prospects so much. If honestly they get hurt, I just you, you just forget about them because they're gone for half a season and you don't get to see them all the time. So if you're not getting a report about them every three to six weeks or something like that from the random guy you follow on Twitter who talks about prospects, then you just lose all track of them. But he is. I mean, you remember him at the was the Futures game. He's built like a freight train. He's gigantic. He's just, he is, yeah, and he's fast. He's got a rocket arm. He's got like, I mean, he's borderline five tool if he has power, but it's it's pretty crazy. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. We've talked so many times, and we're probably going to start talking about outfield in a minute, but then he's just churned through outfielder after outfielder after outfielder. And for this one just looks like someone that, I don't know, he might be a hit. Uh, he needs, I, I guess the one knock on him is... You mentioned the lack of power, which I think he's been showing a growing into some power, but a lack of maybe con- uh, composure at the plate. I've, I've, I've watched a little baseball lately. I've, I've forgotten how to use the right words these days. He strikes <laughs> out a lot, doesn't he? I don't know, something like yeah. that. But um, and I mean, he doesn't have great range in the outfield. He's probably going to be a corner outfielder. Um, but that's that's really his only major glaring weakness outside of just the fact that he needs to grow as a prospect and get into the majors and. and the, the thing that spurned this on for me, at least, was a, a gauge bow piece that everybody hates Cleveland 
he started um I thought it was a creative hashtag let DJ spin because Daniel Johnson it's a DJ. It's a good oh, one. now I get it. Get it? Because <laughs> that was good. Because oh, we had free Christ. Yandy for no reason, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need one thing for every prospect from now on. It's a it's a thing we got to do. And let DJ spin is one for Daniel Johnson, and I am more than okay with that. But I will link um, Gage's post because it was really in depth about how just exciting he is. Um, I gotta say, you his said arm is just an absolute just kept rocket. on going too. I, just, I was like, Jesus Christ, how much more of this is there? It is It is an in-depth analysis of that young man as a baseball player, and it's one of the best things I've read in a while. But I'm excited for him. Again, he hit that ball a quarter mile. I mentioned before, you just hear, I thought it was Matt Underwood at first, but I think it might be Jim Rosenhaus <laughs> just going, damn, Daniel! And it was just, it was, and then he would, <laughs> Matt Underwood said something like, whoa, babe, no, no, oh, daddy, or something like that. It was, it was just a funny bunch of series of older white men saying weird comments about how far the What's ball What's Rick's main thing? Like, there you have it? Is that what he And there you, well, there you go. <laughs> See, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And he just would go, well, there you go. Damn, I miss Rick Manning it's so bad. Oh man, I know it's yeah. At this point, we would have had listened to him for like several solid months. We have barely heard him, and it's almost. I know. I, I, yeah, I, I miss those shining teeth, man. man. That beautiful cloth of hair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um. Uh, how how great would it be to actually have three outfielders who can hit both sides from the plate for once instead of just that like this mismatch or whatever? That would be yeah. that would just be absurd. Just to have three switch hitting outfielders. They don't allow that. Is this a odd? <laughs> there's not, nothing in the ruling that says you can't have three switch hitting outfielders. I'll allow it. So, yeah, I, I mean, it would be very exciting for him to even, you know, solidly to hit slightly better than Mercado did before Mercado kind of fell into a hole in the, in the, in the latter half of the season. I think the shortened season definitely hurts Daniel Johnson's time of getting up. I think oh, definitely. It was a full season because um, Fred Mill Reyes would have been the outfield, Domingo Santana, DH. Like, if Santana gets off to a slow start and he's not that great, like, midpoint of the season, maybe that's when you just shift Fran Mill back and bring Neil Johnson up. But, I mean, it's 60 games. You probably just ride the veteran Domingo Santana out and hope he gets better over that span than just hoping that Daniel Johnson can come up and immediately impact. Uh, I think, I oh, think no, that's going to be, a yeah. like, an overall theme of the year is that you go with the guys who are proven more than letting people develop. Because I don't think you let people develop over a 60-game season a whole lot. I think we're going to see a lot more um, just taking – Lower upside but higher floor kind of guys, I think, is what we'll see a lot of this season, which Domingo Santana is compared to um, Daniel Johnson, who could have a really high ceiling but also could be nothing if he just pans out to be another rookie who has a really big arm and nothing else. And that's what's so troubling about this whole season is is exactly that, right? It's it's, it's going to leave prospects who might be who might need a little polish to turn into something great. They don't have that t- that chance to polish because there's no minor league. There's no real instruction, like organized instruction now for them to take advantage of. And like you said, the Indians aren't about to throw away, throwing away even 10 games here on, on starting him over uh, someone who's a known quantity in Domingo Santana. I mean, that is the equivalent of throwing away almost a month, I would, you know, right? Like that's it's almost a month's worth of, of at-bats in, in a normal yeah, season. You just don't have the time. Game, yeah. Like giving him two weeks of, two weeks of playtime is nothing is the thing. And I mean, the no team who has any designs on making the playoffs can, can um, be able to uh, really manage having more than one or two players just have a bad 60 games because everyone has a bad 60. It, it happens. But like the way, the reason it's going to be so weird is that just some team that's supposed to be really like the Yankees, three guys might just have a bad 60 games and all of a sudden they're just they're finished, right? Like Aaron Judges might just have one of those stretches where he's just not pulling the ball, or uh, Giancarlo Stanton might just 
get hurt again because he it's what he does a lot or whatever. So that that's just why it's, it sucks that we're not going to be able to get this opportunity. Because, I mean, you're reading the article that Gage wrote also. I mean, the amount of at-bats that, that he was talking about giving him was really not even all that many was the thing. Like 120 at-bats or something like that. That's that's barely enough to get to a normalization point. That's, what is that? How many games is that? That's still 30 games, basically. And, right, four times 30. No, I can't speak. 130 four, at-bats, four, it'd be about hundred, four hundred, games. Yeah. yeah, 120 divided by four at-bats, four plate appearances a game. So, yeah, it's 100 and whatever. And that's half the season. And like you just don't have time for him to be learning how to play the game, which sucks because, again, maybe he'll be great. Maybe that power wasn't a fluke. Maybe, I mentioned before, Yu Chang's power isn't a fluke, and he's good now. But like you mentioned, they're going to go with Mike Freeman and they're going to go with Christian Arroyo because that's a known quantity that leads, gives him that baseline of mitigating risk as opposed to rolling the dice. And I think that's really going to be the theme for the entire season. Playing a prospect is, by its very nature, a risk because – the reward might be great, but it also might be just a toilet hole. And and we, they just don't have time to solve that, which sucks because Daniel Johnson's gigantic and maybe he can he can hit the ball a quarter mile. And maybe Yu Chang can finally figure out that he's good. But, yeah. And then, of course, the, the grim reality of it is that he might actually just get a shot just based on people getting sick and coming down with the virus and having to send out for 14 days. And that might get him um, a shot at some point, which is extremely unfortunate. But it's also a reality of this weird season that it is MLB really insists on having. Yeah, that is going to yeah, be because I mean, there's whole teams that are just not doing practice because they don't have the results in time. Like, how does that work in a season? They just don't play that day, and then yeah, exactly. Because there's no room to make up games. Like, if you miss a game, I'm assuming it's just done. Because I'm looking at the schedule now. There's a total of five off days for the Indians between the day the season starts and their last regular season game. So I don't know. Like, there if you be. miss a game for any reason, it's just done. I'm wondering if there's any, and I don't know this. Uh, honestly, I don't look at like when is the like when do the playoffs start? I wonder if they, they've built in space there for just times when uh, you have to cancel a game for extenuating circumstance like that. Because I, I think if you're being in any way thoughtful about it, and I'm not saying that Major League Baseball is in any way thoughtful about this entire process, quite honestly, <laughs> not not a whole lot. No, uh, I I just I don't know what the what the plan is there. It's um. Because, I mean, if somebody tests positive, everybody's been in contact with them. So how can you let other people go out there even if they haven't tested? Correct. Like, I, that's why they, like, that's why the, the, the idea of the, you know, I mean, you read about, I think it's the the Blue Jays. If they leave the complex, the player will be fined $750,000 or something like that. Yeah. And that goes, that's just the Canadian, I think it's, um, like, they can do that because of a law in Canada or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which... Yeah, I, I would hope Major League Baseball players are smart enough not to go without a mask. Although, of course, Fred Reyes went without one, but he seemed like to genuinely understand that he made a mistake. And yeah, I'm I pretty positive he won't do that again. Um, I mean, like it sucks. I even saw like Tampa Bay Rays players. They were talking about the difference between going out in Florida with a mask, where like people are actually calling them pansies and all this stuff in stores, just because Florida sucks. And then <laughs> like compared to Pennsylvania, <laughs> where most people get it and they have a mask. Yeah, and you go to Florida and people are all just deranged and. It's going to be harder that because you got to go out at some point. You can't just be in a bubble, and I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Mask. So, so, like you said, though, at least at least you know the the weird silver lining of any of this might be that guys like Johnson and whoever else might get a chance. I mean, I was reading that article today. There's ten outfielders shooting for effectively four spots right now. Five technically. Um, I guess if you wanted to count the left field slash DH as one of the roles up for grabs, that's that's going to be one of two people anyway. So. I mean, I you assume it's going to be Mercado and one of the two giant guys. And 
whoever's going to be in right field. Maybe a combination of what Luplo and Naquin. How would you feel about that? Just a platoon of that. That's not terrible, right? Naquin hit. hit I would uh, assume that's the one that's going to start as just because of Tito loves Naquin and he can. He's good platoon bat and Luplo. That's a good. I mean, like you combine those two, they make a decent MLB player. But just be cool to find somebody you don't have to smash into one player and just make them one. Listen, Matthew, yeah, we've gotten so used to making our combo platter <laughs> players at this point. We, we need them. I demand my, uh, let's see, Lonnie, no, what, what was the other guy? Brandon, Brand, Lon, London Geyer Hall, or in this case, I guess we'll have, I'm, I'm so good at doing this very quickly, uh, Ty, Ty Don, Jordan, Luplo, Ty Don, Loop, Ken. Quinn. <laughs> There you go. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I did it. (laughs) Boy, I'm telling (laughs) you. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, when all this does actually happen, assuming it does, we have, um, they kind of took it down to the wire there to get the the schedule finalized. But earlier this week, uh, came out, actually, I think it was like Sunday, right after we recorded last week, that the Indians are going to start the season at home against Kansas City, uh, against the White Sox. And the the unique thing about this season, of course, is that everybody stays in their own little range. I mean, I don't think it makes a difference. Like, they're still traveling to St. Louis. They're not, like, um, I think it's all just show to keep them in the same quadrant. I don't see how it makes a huge difference, but. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, you look at they play the, the Twins, West Reds, White Sox. It's so, fu- yeah. so stupid. So, you know. Oh, yeah, except for the West. It's like half the country is just considered the one area. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? Um, but yeah, I think the furthest they go is probably St. Louis, right? I guess depending on how far Minnesota is. I'm not sure. Detroit is. Yeah, closer. I would say. Yeah. Right I mean, it's, it's it's either or St. Louis or or Minnesota or Minneapolis. So you know, it's 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 probably it's definitely the, geographically the closest of the three divisions because you know you're not dealing with the entire East Coast, which is going to be such a what a mess oh, that yeah. one's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, at and, least and, none of these, none of the states these are involved are also in 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 the grips of a of the worst parts of the pandemic too. So um, you talk about the West, you talk about Texas, Arizona, and, and California. You're just like, Oh God, <laughs> at least Florida's not involved in that one too. So, yeah, I mean, Ohio itself is getting worse, but they're, they're playing a lot there, obviously between just playing at home and then playing the reds. But I mean, looking at their schedule, it's, I don't want to jinx it, but that looks like a super easy schedule considering 60 games. Like if you saw this streak, this span in a regular season, like this is three months of pretty easy baseball because of how much they play their division. Obviously, they play Pittsburgh. Um, they play Milwaukee could be trouble, but I mean that's it out of their division. They play St. Louis too, which is going to be hard. They play the the Cubs, which I guess they're going to be good. They play the Reds, who weren't very good. The Reds, honestly, man, the Reds might be pretty good. Their their rotation's looking pretty good, and if, I forgot that they signed Nick Castellanos. <laughs> and that's true, yeah. And I, Mike Moustakas. They might they might be a pretty good team like they can they might contend for that division just because of what else is going on. I was looking at the schedule though, and I think I mean they could probably make some hay early on. I I'm wondering who else from the White Sox is going to sit out. Michael Kopech is already sitting out, um, but they, they were they were the White Sox were really good for a stretch there, and they have guys like Moncada who can just get hot for two months and just obliterate you. Same thing with like a Tim Anderson or any of those guys are very streaky. But if they get on the right streak, then game over. I just I think they can make some hay to start the season and then. There's that stretch where they go Tigers, Pirates, Tigers right before they play the Twins for three. Where, like, there's there's two stretches here, and I think it's when they open the season uh, with the at home against the Rose and the White Sox. That's six games, and they got to win four of those minimum, if not five. Um, and if they, if they if they can get out of July, what like six and two or something like that, and two, three, four, six, yeah, six and two, and then 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then there was nine games between the Tigers and Pirates. Take another seven of those. They'll be in great shape. It's just, I honestly think that if you go through a five game losing streak this season, your season is over. That's just it. I mean, yeah, you're, just, it, you're, you're, you're just cooked alive. And actually, you know what? They can make some hay there in the middle of hey, this whole Royals four game set before they play the Twins one more time. That could be a nice little buoying if. You know what, Matt? They really have a nice couple of stretches here where they're just like, <laughs> I know. It's do. like this sucks, and then, the they just, and, then, and then the White Sox and Pirates come to end of the season. Like, oh God, dodge that bullet! The Twins the, the get to do thing it too. Is be is that, thing, but yeah, that the early season overreactions are going to be legit now. I don't know how to how to mentally handle that. I'm not sure yet. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, if no, they have a, a bad first two weeks. That's it. You're done. You can't. We don't have. We don't <laughs> have like let it nor- let the you know let the normalization point come because a normalization point for stats at this point. The beginnings of a normalization point are the end of August, basically. Like yeah. it would be <laughs> yeah. like they they have a three game set against the Twins between the twenty fourth and twenty sixth, and in a normal season, that twenty that that would be where like you can kind of get an idea of how players are doing for the year. And if they're more than three games out of anything, they're effectively boiled. Like because it's I don't know. And again, like we, we don't know how good the White Sox will be. The what the what the White Sox, if anything, I think will benefit more from, from a, se- a season like this than maybe the Indians will, just because they have so many streaky players. And if they get hot once, but again, you know, the, the other way could go as well. So I don't know. I was I was doing a radio spot uh, last week, and I was saying how maybe this would benefit teams like the Indians more because they have more older guys who are good at kind of mitigating their own streakiness, uh, and so maybe they won't get. Uh, quite so wrapped up in it. like all those guys on the White Sox are so um, like Moncada and uh, Anderson and I mean it's going to be one uh, or the other for like the White Sox they're going to be really good or just terrible right. to everybody exactly I mean I mean if, yeah. if 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 any of those guys or a few of them have a BABIP over about three fifty for any stretch of time like any legit stretch of time forget about it yeah because <laughs> it's yes exactly because it's going to be Yon Moncada hitting three ninety nine. And he's going to hit ten home runs in in August, and you just be like, and that's it. He just blows out every like everyone. Yeah. But there there's such high you know there's such high batting average high uh, that elevates their on base percentage kind of guys. I'm like with the Indians, we're all like you know your your Carlos is Santana and uh, uh, what's his name? You think Carlos Jose Santana is a high on base guy? No, oh, he is a high on base guy, but it's not <laughs> pre- it, but it's not predicated on his uh, batting true. average, right? Like he's yeah. he's very much a big walk guy, and, the, and so many of their players are very disciplined hitters. Which is not to say the guys in the White Sox aren't, or the Twins aren't, but it's just... I, I, I think it's fair to say, say the White Sox aren't, yeah. It's just a, a factor of how young they are, but, well, but exactly. the Twins are definitely... The Twins are the streakiest, I think, of the division, just because the type of hitters they all have. And well, they had a couple of weird outliers last year, too, between yeah. Arias. Maybe he'll be good. He looked good, but like Garver, I don't know. I don't think he's going to hit like fucking Johnny Bench again. <laughs> yeah. Is Johnny Bench even a good hitter? I don't even remember. Yeah. I think he was. And, and the weirdest thing is, like, I've been so ready for a, a short season and and not having baseball this long. Like, when the 2021 season came out, I looked at the calendar, and it's just like, whoa, that's a lot of games. That's, whew, I'm tired. I don't of know if I can that. deal with all <laughs> this. <to> like, uh, <laughs> that's a whole lot of games there I got there. You going to do all those? You it's just weird just that. tear the page in half. Go, that's better. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm used to. Uh, it's just such a short sprint. I, I, can't, I still can't decide if it's – if you could put it in a bubble without – the the backdrop of the horrible everything else like is it kind of yeah. fun just having 60 games to play and not i mean everybody admits one way or another that 162 is a long drag like some people like it but they also admit that it's a long bunch of games like it it's be fucking fun it's so much it's so much more than the next closest game like other yeah. than like cricket i think which again i i think they only play three games a year but each game takes nine days so 
<laughs> they have two types the of cricket. One's fast out, and one's sure. yeah. One, well, they have yeah. two types of cricket. One's fast and one is slow. And they can honestly take three and a half or four days to, for one game, which is great. Yeah. Me. That's why they have tea time. But now, if, this, I, if this pans out, like if they if they play the whole season and nothing completely tanks, like do you think this goes into their their consideration of maybe shorting the season a bit? Obviously not to like sixty games, but they're talking about I think one forty eight was something like that was the mm-hmm. next stopping post but do you think this factors into them maybe accepting fewer games if it if it bumps up popularity or i don't i don't know i've i've thought about that too because the the, the hardest thing to get especially owners to agree on is a shortening of the season because yeah i mean they make a lot of money from butts and seats right like i don't know i was talking with a buddy of mine um and we're just trying to like eyeball kind of how much money a team makes on ticket sales every year and the Indians, I mean, we, we, we can, you can roughly figure this out. The, the average, I think, MLB ticket is about $33, I think, at this point. And this is just ticket sales, not even concessions. But what was the Indians, uh, let's see, baseball reference. The Indians last year were not even very good when it came to attendance. And they had, what did we have, like 2 million people? I don't want 2020. This hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> 1.7 million. Way. It wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. 1.7 million people. And so what's that times 33? 1.8 million to 1.8. We'll round. We'll be we'll be uh, charitable. One eight zero zero. You're you're welcome, listeners. Times thirty three. That's that's sixty million dollars is how much the Indians pulled in ticket sales. Roughly, you know. I mean, I I use thirty three because that's that's the cost like league wide, and that's way less than you actually think. But like like yeah. considering how high payroll is and everything like that and things like that, so. They hit the the owners like this year. They'll want to get those butts back in the seats for next year. But I don't know. I mean, cutting off, what would it have to do, I guess, to make them realize that it's a better idea to have a shorter season? Would it have to be ratings I mean, to the like roof? An overwhelming amount of, yeah. Like like people are, are just more excited the fact that games matter three weeks into the season more than they ever have. But I don't know. I think that it's the money thing is the issue that it's always going to be. You're going to lose money if you take away games no matter what, even if it. Right, because the players will lose money too then because what did we just deal with for the last two and a half, three months was them being like, you agreed to pay us a certain amount. Just pay us the amount that we're (laughs) like for the 60 games or or the 80 games. Like, no, we'll give you 74% of this. And I'm basically Um, arguing against myself here, but I also think that 20 games wouldn't make a huge difference. Like 60 games is going to make a completely different season. That's the thing. But in order to change things and make it more exciting, you have to chop off so much that it wouldn't. I mean, the fact of the matter is people complain about the length of the NBA season, right? And that's half the length of the, the only season people agree is the right length, and in fact should be longer because they're crazy. Is the NFL season because that's sixteen games and every single one matters so goddamn much. I mean, if Indian if baseball was like that, it would be insane. I mean, you, you would have guys. I mean, I don't know. You'd have guys setting records for for winning and losing percentages every single year almost. So I mean, you, you're right. You're cutting it down to 120 games just isn't enough. You'd have to cut it down to like this: 50 or 60 games, or 80 games, or whatever, to make it really feel like anything matters. Because people complain <laughs> now about, about how the NBA doesn't matter, right? Like, or you watch the NHL, and like the conversation is always NHL playoffs is so much more intense and more fun and just more high level than during the season uh, because they, you know. It, it's it's no longer the marathon; it is the sprint, and it's just baseball isn't designed for that. But I don't know what it would ta- I don't know what it would take honestly for them to even consider redesigning the sport in that way. It's going to be weird. I just I don't I don't think there's there's an ability to do it. And I think as for as far as the um, what do you call it the like the more attention paid to it, 
there's so many other outside factors that will cause that. Like if the whole NBA bubble thing pops or the NHL, same idea, or if the NFL collapses in its own pandemic induced hell and and baseball happens to be the only thing going, it will by its very nature be the most popular sporting event going. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm almost wondering if the, if the, if everyone just looking at the season is just like a, a weird anomaly that it, yeah. It proves it nothing too much other it. other than just like this is cool, a few but wallets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's weird though. Yeah. All right, man. Let's uh let's take some questions. Every Sunday we it. ask everybody on Facebook and Twitter to ask us things that we can answer on the podcast. Uh, this week we got some good ones. Uh at Jim P E H C. He says acknowledging Francona's success as a manager, we understand that many feel the shortened season feeds his strengths. Play devil's advocate without spring in April, May. Player trials is there a downside to Tito's shortened season. I would assume that what Jim's talking about as far as his strength is just um, the fact that he can keep everybody on the straight and narrow for a 60-game really weird season. I think if anybody can manage people as well as Tito and and not letting this distract everybody, I'd imagine he's one of the best in that situation. But, I mean, as far as the downside, the fact that every decision is going to be amplified so much because every game matters so much and, like, if Tito bunts when it's the second inning and they're down by one, <laughs> that's going to be, that's a huge deal compared to previous seasons. Like if they're still bunting as much as they have in previous years, that's a problem. Um, I, I think it basically comes down to his strengths are going to be played up. His people skills are going to be played up and more important than ever in a short season. And his decision-making and weird outdated thoughts that he has sometimes are going to be amplified the other direction. I think it'll pretty much even out the way it always does that. He's still uh, uh, on the plus minus. He's a better manager than a bad manager, but there's going to be some problems that are going to show up and be worse than before, but and that's just playing the devil's advocate. I think overall he's still going to be fine. He's a, he's a great manager. He's at what he does. He just has some weird flaws that might be a little more than usual this year. So I'm just thinking back um, in, I happen to be rewatching game seven of the world series in this past year. And uh, at one point um, as the Astros were blowing it uh, after an amazingly pitched game by, uh, by uh, Zach Greinke, uh, I think I and I don't remember the goddamn what's his name? Who's, who's the manager of the, of the Astros? Shit, I can't remember. AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch. Okay, who yeah, was so he, the manager of the Astros? Who was? <laughs> I'm his. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So Hinch went to the bullpen at a time when what's his name was still having. Uh, Grinky was still pitching well, but like it made it made strategic numbers based sense in a way to go to this guy who can throw 97 miles an hour who, who proceeded to give up a home run uh, to Howie Kendrick. I believe I'm I may be misremembering the exact step, uh, steps, but Again, he went to the bullpen and everything went to hell. And the reason I bring this up is so many managers now are little more than a tool of the front office, right? Like um, Ross, I guess, up in uh, up in Chicago now. Um, Rick Renteria, to probably to a degree. Any, any of those, some of the younger, newer guys, like they just, they're not as, that. Oh, I guess what I'm trying to get to is the fact that Frank Kona's kind of mentality of, having a sense of who plays players actually are and what they're going through could pay dividends because he'll be able to manage the man, not the situation. Does that make sense? Like understanding that each of these games is so important and he needs to be able to manage each game as though it's a playoff game, not just a regular season game that you can dick around on, I guess, you know, not to say he was ever throwing games away or anything like that, but like no one cared what the hell happened in a a game in the middle of May because you know, by and large, that one game didn't really decide a lot of things. They, I, I think, the only time they've really been a game off something was like, but when he was a manager was maybe twenty fifteen, fourteen, or something like that, where they just barely missed something. But I think his ability to manage the man is going to be helpful because he'll be able to 
have a good grasp of who his players are, what they're going through, and whether or not now is a good time to make a move where the numbers would say it's a good idea, but maybe it's not actually a good idea because he knows Shane Bieber in this moment is a better choice than James Karinchek. I don't know. And I I know that's a stupid way of looking at things, but we also know that managers who are very by the book and very, you know, to, to the nth degree, focused on the on the kind of on the, the sabermetric side of things we know that that works well in the play in the regular season but i mean billy bean himself said this shit doesn't work in the playoffs because it doesn't managing the moment more than or managing the man in the moment more than what the numbers tell you do i think is a, it's going to be a big tipping point for a lot of a lot of games here and i think i think having francona in that uh, i forgot what what jim, jim's question was originally and i've Shot off on some different <laughs> tangent here. Is there a downside to Tito just his managing style in such a certain? Ah, probably. Yeah, there's always yeah. downsides to him, but I, I think he is. I think he's one of the few uh, managers who is, 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 I think, positioned in a way, well to, equipped to handle it. Yeah. He's well equipped to handle such a weird situation. And, and you mentioned it, keeping guys focused. This is such a strange time. That's another case of managing the man. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's always downsides to him, but I think this is the kind of thing that might actually accentuate his goodness he we always viewed him as a good postseason manager right yeah and this is basically a postseason yeah i mean when he was with the red sox i I think he managed those games pretty well maybe not i don't know who who the hell knows honestly (laughs) where where does his um his weird sometimes lineup choices fall in because i know we talked about it before that a lineup doesn't matter a whole lot over it matters more over a billion games if you make a perfect decision Every single game, it might give you a tiny increase. So, what about over sixty games? Does it matter less? Maybe. Yeah, I would. I would or say the Im- the over the overall impact is probably less. I mean, in, in terms of the, the order that they're putting guys in, do you mean? Right. Or yeah. the, the the people he's p- picking to put on the field. I mean, if you pick a worse player than the player you have on well, the, the order bench, mainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it probably matters less in this case, just because yeah. the aggregate isn't there as much. Like you're not getting. Um, what an extra seven or whatever is it? Fourteen extra at bats per position per spot in the order going down something or something like that. Like that? Yeah. yeah, you're not getting that as much, right? Like putting Lindor first instead of third, it doesn't matter now because he's only getting an extra five or six yeah. or whatever at bats. I think the inverse so, is true based on what you were saying. That if you put the wrong player in, then that's going to be even more of an impact than putting the right player in, which might be a downside. That if he if he relies on his Mike Freeman's is over. Uh, these guys, yeah, <laughs> over anybody else, yeah. or if Michael Martinez appears out of the mist and falls from the sky, is all <laughs> Who of a sudden the hell did you come from? <laughs> Christian Royal has a big mustache and just falls off, and it's just <laughs> Michael Martinez the entire time. Like, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks for the question, Jim. Our next one is at Jevanoff seventeen. He asked, playing games on empty stadiums, what happens to all the foul balls and home runs hitting at the stands? Personally, I think they should gather them up and donate to children's hospitals. I think the A's did something where um, they're one of the many teams putting cardboard cutouts into the stands, which I think is a really cool idea. And didn't I see the A's are going to like, if the ball hits your cutout, you get something? I think you get the ball signed or something like I that. I would but, hope so. That makes sense because you would have caught it yeah. theoretically. Although, yeah, you paid I, I, for the seat. And, although, what if there's some sort of Zach Hample style like uh, randomizer or it was just some, uh, some guy. <laughs> oh, if I had a bunch of money, I would buy every seat in the stadium for a year <laughs> and just have it me <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Or just pick somebody and put them in the stands. But I don't know. I don't think they're going to donate the balls. I think they're going to, I think refraining from donating physical objects right now is just a generally good idea, especially donating to a children's them. hospital. That's true. You could boil them. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little boiler on the outfield for all the balls before they donate. Um, I would assume, yeah, that just nothing. They, they just toss them because they're disease ridden sacks of yeah, yeah, sacks leather of at filth. this point. Exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think the, I think the coolest thing is still what the A's are doing. That if you, yeah, I, I really think neat. that's what they're doing. Something cool. It's something, you, I know you get your your face in the audience, and something happens when the ball hits your cardboard cutout. Um, I think that, that's going to be a fun aspect of the season. It's just seeing the cardboard cutouts get whacked. <laughs> and I hope they just leave him there in the, in the sun and the rain, and they just just looking shittier and shittier. <laughs> it sure would be something to see, like a, someone up. just hit a hit a little screamer down the line, like into, into foul territory, and just knock some head off. You're like, oh damn! <laughs> <It> just explodes. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Are they gonna they're gonna have the nets right? Yeah, because exactly. I assume there's still gonna be people walking around. Yeah. Like camera crew and stuff, but it'd be cool. Dude, to they not should have put them. cantaloupes on on the heads of the. On the, on the <laughs> <laughs> they should. They should make just all go these full figures. Gallagher and, yeah, yeah, just make them all out of rotten fruit. Man, now <laughs> I want that to happen. That'd be great, and just take uh, down the nets and just have them get blasted. Yeah, you know, I mean, add an electric flame. Boom! Just atomized zucchini shooting around. <laughs> My God, that'd be great. That's a way to fix the season. Um. Anyway, uh, throw Frank, in the garbage. Yeah, not, I don't think I don't even. Frank Kabuluk on Facebook, he asked, who do you see winning the utility infielder job, Freeman or Arroyo? I realize both will likely be on the roster, but who gets playing time? That's that's depressing that they're both probably going to be on the roster. No, no. Um, I think, like we mentioned earlier, Freeman, just the consistent high floor but low ceilingness of Freeman, and he was surprisingly okay last year. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be the one that, oh, God, gets the playing time. Because I think Yu Chang is too volatile at this point to use him in a 60-game season. Um, My choice is still hard Chang, to be think, mad about it because he's going to be there. And, I know. I think Chang's going to fight his way under the. I, I th- they're all going to play because someone's going to get fucking COVID. So yeah, <laughs> so they're all going to be there at some point. It's I don't mean to laugh, but you know, um, just I would the, the, laugh the absurdity out with the fact that it's happening and the season is going know. on. And I would almost. Oh, I guess. I guess he is more. Hmm. I would only say Arroyo maybe because he's he's a better. He's a better infielder, fielder, um, as opposed to being someone who can just play every single position. And they have enough outfielders at this point, like <laughs> yeah. enough with that. They don't, and, and they're not going to have to do any National League sw- uh, swaparoonies because uh, that's not happening. So I would say I, th- I think it'll honestly probably be Christian Arroyo, but I'd prefer it be uh, uh, obviously Yu Chang. Yeah, but that's just me. I'd- I think in the before time when we were talking about baseball, I, I don't even think I was on the Yu Chang train for getting him this season. You weren't. I don't even remember. Yeah. I, uh, I you, all you were doing was saying mean things about him, that he looked like he <laughs> smelled weird, and you were just being rude to him, Matt. I remember I, I recorded many of them and sent them to him. I don't think I said to the right person, but you know. <laughs> just some poor fellow. I just yeah, wrote Yu Chang, think... Progressive Field, Cleveland, Ohio, and I put it in the mail. <laughs> just see where it goes. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know. I still want Yu Chang to be good. I just haven't been. I haven't Listen, seen the hype. We want all the minor leaguers to be good. Of course, yeah. Everyone's going to be an all star. That's just our dumb brain damage. That's all that is. You know, Yandy Diaz is going to the Hall of Fame with his. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm glad we juiced those polls, though. Good work, everyone. Oh, there's still more. Don't worry. We, we beat Jose Canseco. We beat Kevin Cash. There's more. Yeah, yeah we, we, uh, we, we will. We will dominate you on the internet, <laughs> uh, Rays fans. For anyone who doesn't know the D Rays Bay, their podcast. They're doing the most, I think it was, um, what did they call it? Level? I don't remember what they called it, but like the most popular guys on the Rays for the past many years. It's like when I saw Yandy Diaz, I made it my life's goal to just stuff that ballot for him oh, yeah, all the way I've been, I've, been, I've been juicing that bad boy. I made 17, 18 <laughs> new Twitter accounts. It's been great. <laughs> Got to get that vote. It was funny because I didn't notice when the one for this round two was Yandy Diaz and Kevin Cash. I didn't see it right away, and Kevin was winning by like 10%, and then I retweeted it and yelled at people, and then he 
Yandi Diaz won by like 30%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as I notice, I'm going to call that out. And get I love democracy. To, to, quote, to quote Palpatine, I love democracy. <laughs> yes. The most popular Palpatine quote that he definitely would have said in the original trilogy. Too. Shut up. That's what he's rule. <laughs> All right, Mary. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, not bad for uh, considering nothing's happened and there's a decent chance nothing will happen, but we still managed to talk about baseball for a little while, which <laughs> well, is Non-zero, at least. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's non-zero. It's just something. Um, next week, we'll be theoretically talking right before the season starts, I think, right? It's, is it yeah. the 24th? Yeah. So we'll be pretty close. Uh, 24th, I believe. Yeah. So, well, 23rd, they have games, but the 24th, I guess, is going to be the... Damn, we're watching baseball next next weekend. Not next week. The weekend after next. Damn. I know, right? Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> On that note, see you next week, man. I'll see you.